Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, we proudly bring to you at a Studio 212 in the heart of Seattle, Washington, this is Physical Culture Radio. I'm your host, Coach Greg Jones, at Coach Greg Jones, Instagram and Facebook, along with my co-host, Chris Edmonds, lead Mountain Dog Diet Trainer and gym owner. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Awesome, man. Had a great leg day. Back felt like 100% and uh, went pretty heavy. So whenever my back feels great, it's, 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 it's a good day. It's a, it's a happy day for me training and I'm not struggling. That's music to my ear for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today's topic guys is programming and intensity in bodybuilding. So we're going to discuss how to properly set up a, a program, the intensity needed to see progress in programming. And what are your first thoughts on this, Chris? Of course. Um, whenever I get a new client that comes to us, um, or if I'm in a gym scenario, um, the first thing we're going to do is really kind of evaluate, in my opinion, where the spectrum they fall for ability, knowledge. And when I say ability and knowledge, I'm really talking about the ability to fire and control muscle. Um, so if I say, right. hey, let's do a single arm lat pull down, they can fire from their top of their lat, it connects with the armpit all the way down to like right above the hip um, or, you know, be able to create contractions like 10 out of 10 for a chest, chest muscle or bicep tricep example. So, and the only way for me, at least that I found the most effective way to do that is just getting them out on the gym floor and leading them through a workout. Um, if you happen to get them online, um, like a majority of my clients, you kind of have to evaluate that through some Q and A and just generally talking to them, asking them to send you training videos. Um, so you can have a, good, a great idea of what that's going to look like. Um, so if I need to coach them in terms of exercise execution, that's going to play a major role in exercise selection. So that's step one for me is always determining kind of the spectrum of knowledge and ability. Um, and yep. then the next thing is going to be establishing short-term and long-term goals. So is it all season? Okay. Is it pre-contest? Is it wanting to determine whether, you know, what kind of time range we're working with? Do they want to work with us for 12 weeks, 24 weeks, a year? They kind of leave it in my hands and say, you know, you do what you do best and you tell me what the time range and time frame is. And that's basically, you know, if they want to gain 20 pounds of lean muscle tissue, they need to strip off a ton of fat. Um, so that, that coupled with the spectrum where they fall in terms of ability are the things I start with. I, you know, I get people coming to me talking about, I want to get lean and I want to lose fat. That's like the right. main things. I, I don't get as much. I mean, I get some guys that go, oh, I want to do a show and, you know, I want to get bigger, but primarily, you know, at my brick and mortar, most people that come into my gym and I think most people out there want to know how they can get leaner, how they can lose fat, you know, not lose muscle, put on muscle, get stronger, um, and do so because by and large, they're sedentary by and large, they're, they're deconditioned and they're coming to us. They're coming to people in the fitness industry to get them in shape, to kind of, you know, knock their asses, you know, their dick in the dirt, so to speak, and kind of give them a kick in the ass into training because I think people by and large get kind of lazy and then they realize, oh shit, I'm out of shape. I need to go hire somebody and get in shape. And then that's where we come in, come in with the programming. I think intensities of it, you know, I was thinking about this intensity part of, 
of what we're talking about today in bodybuilding and just I think bodybuilding is a general term for what we did. Bodybuilding is anybody working on their physique doesn't necessarily have to be a quote unquote bodybuilder. I think um, when people come in and generally want to change their bodies, they have to I like to show them intensity firsthand by either pushing them or them being around other people working out intensely uh, or them even working out with me at some point to kind of see what kind of level they need to be on, how they need to step it up. Because otherwise people sometimes don't like to push themselves. They don't (laughs) know how to get uncomfortable and to get in shape and to get, I don't know, to make progress, you kind of have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Hands down. Um, That. As you know, that's my piece. <laughs> that's my niche in this yeah. world, in my in my opinion. Right. Um, and that is how can I maximally take your body and brain to somewhere you don't want to go. Um, some people want to go there. Maybe they want to may not want to stay in it, but they want to get there. Others, you have right. to kind of show them the light. And like you said, um, I like for them to see it firsthand. Whether that be you know sending a tra- some training videos to watch. Um, you know, leading them through a session, them joining me for a session. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of training partners and I haven't had a lot of training partners over the years right. because in, in my opinion, for, for me to be able to teach you, I can't do that and keep my mind in the game for me focusing on me. And yeah. I feel like the client loses potential based upon me because I'm not going to be able to coach you 100% and then give you 100% of what... I'm going to do because it's two way different mindsets. When you're right. doing your set, I'm already gearing up for my next one. If I'm doing it properly, not so giving I them feedback a hundred percent. I can yeah. give you cues. I can give you form technique. I can push you, but at the end of the day, it's never going to be like if I'm not working out, I, I think I'm a better trainer when I'm out of my head because I'm not focused on me whatsoever. And maybe that's just me being selfish, but I like to train people one-on-one way more than them join me for a session. The guys who do really well with me typically are the ones who either are on a similar level that I'm on in terms of muscle mass and strength and, you know, ability to fire a muscle. So, you know, if we're doing a squat, I'm not giving them coaching cues. I'm just trying to push him. Um, That's a much different scenario than if I'm trying to teach someone how to squat because that's not going to be very effective in my opinion. The guys who do well training with me either have trained under me, like with me as a client for one to two years, and then they transition into being like a training partner or they already start out on a similar level and we just kind of link up. I'm sure that's very similar to the way you and Mark are. When you train together, you guys push each other, not necessarily coach each other. You know what I mean? Right. Well, let me ask you this. So when I see your Instagram stories and your Instagram videos, um, Facebook videos, when you have people lying down on the ground looking like they're dying after uh, a couple sets of legs, is that you just taking them through a workout or is that them trying to keep up with a workout with you typically? All right. So the one most recent that I just posted uh, Thursday, um, that's with a young kid named Ryan uh, that just recently started working with me as a client for the last two months. Close okay. to three months. Uh, we started together, him, me leading him through workouts and me getting into fixing his form. Uh, he, he already had an appreciable amount of muscle tissue for 23. He was a former um, 
college uh, gymnast, and he actually hurt himself while trying to make the Olympic team. So, wow, that's kind of where he was. At. Oh yeah, yeah, he he's got an incredible physique to be so young. So what I had to teach him before he began working out with me was what I expected as far as form and function. And then once we got that down, he started joining me for some sessions and we quickly established that he needed to work on mental toughness because when things got hard, that's when his either form got sloppy or he quit on us. And the first session of legs, I say first, the first probably month, so five sessions, he ended up head buried in a trash can, couldn't finish the session, pale as a ghost. Um, we finally just broke through his mental barrier of him learning what in my mind is training like a champion is uh, two weeks ago. Um, so that, that was a three-month process to get him to that point. And he's wow. someone that already has a good amount of muscle tissue. I mean, he's 5'5 and 204 with abs. So, yeah. you know, I mean, he's got a good amount of muscle. And he had pretty good form. They're just little things I'm tweaking and fixing to make his contractions better. But the the piece for him that he needed was nutrition and he needed to learn how to go beyond failure, you know? And so we really worked on the mindset of when your body says, stop, this is excruciating. Something's going to break. Something's burning like crazy. Stop, stop, stop. That's when progress starts. And it took me a long time to get him to that point because, you know, everyone's mind when things hurt or burn or feel very uncomfortable to stop. And that's where we needed to dig our heels in and get 10 more reps. And the best way to do that is on a leg session. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you look at that session we did on Thursday, that was after about an hour of tons and tons of work that we finished with our third set that I videoed. And, and the reason I was able to really dig in and coach him there is because I was done. Um, and that's why I filmed that set because I could completely focus on him because all my work was done. So yeah. after that's, it's roughly 26 steps down that sidewalk. So you figure he was doing roughly 52, 55 steps of lunges with 44 down and a half back. pounds of chains and then yeah. sissy squats for 10. And I mean, all that is is heart at the end. I mean, our legs were toast. I mean, my, my teardrop was like over my kneecap at that point. We were more than finished. Could we have walked away? Yes, with a good with a good leg day in the books. But to me, it's that final session, man. That final set. How hard can you go? And you have to tap into some really dark, nasty places to finish that. And I mean, you can yeah. hear me yelling at him and, and and really pushing him to not quit, not stop. And, you know, to me, that's what separates a good trainer and, I mean, a trainer, a, a good athlete having a good body part versus someone that's going to develop a great body part. And the more I can get him to tap into that mindset of, yes, it burns now, it might burn for the next five minutes, but damn it, that's how we get better. And yeah. eventually you, you become almost immune to that burning sensation and you just welcome it and... You know, that's something I always talk to him about and I've been talking to him about for the last three months. Every day, all day, I'm talking to him about that. You know, how can we push you mentally to accept pain? It's going to come, but it will subside. And I made an Instagram post not 20 minutes ago that kind of talked about why that's an easy spot for me to get into personally. Um, and that's based off solely, um, my mom 
for the last 10 years of her life had lupus, which is an autoimmune disease. And yeah. she was in pain from the time she woke up until the time she went to sleep. And it didn't matter how many 600 milligram ibuprofen she took, her body fucking hurt. And I right. watched her struggle through that. And I watched every single day essentially be miserable, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And um, that, to me, is what allowed me the ability to tap into that. Because I always think, you know, this session is going to end eventually. Uh, I'm going to walk out of here in two hours alive and not in pain anymore. Where she right. couldn't turn that off. Every yeah. day was fucking pain. And it's the same way. That's what I think helps me get through a bodybuilding diet. It's, you know, no matter how hungry I am, no matter how tired my body is, how achy my joints are, it's a fraction of what she went through on a daily basis. And that molded me into the person and the man that I am today. And, you know, Shelby posts about that a lot. You know, what we do isn't hard. What's hard is being a single mother with three jobs or, you know, being a soldier that had their legs blown off. Like, that's hard shit. What we do is right. fucking cakewalk. It's self-imposed. It's, it's yeah, yeah, hell yeah. It's gonna be over the moment we have a cheeseburger and French fries after a bodybuilding show. You feel great again, right? Um, yeah. It's the same way when we finish legs. We get in the car and I'm like, "Fuck, that was rewarding. I love that shit. Like, I live for that." But in the moment you know, when you're, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's funny in the moment going through contest preps like I have in the past and you have. And once you decide and a, and a person decides, man or woman, to go through a prep and take themselves through that deprivation and through that pain and through that suffering and hard workouts on no carbs, you get a, you get a special appreciation for the hard work that you put in. And you look back on it and you're like, that was fucking badass. I'm glad I went through that. And in a sick way, I want... I, because I didn't get to compete in 2018. Right. I missed that. Oh yeah. And I, I want it again. I, you know, in, in my instance, I'm trying to get healthy and I'm, I'm looking for, I want to start a diet in January. It's the weirdest fucking thing, <laughs> but I, I, I immediately want to go into some kind of a prep in 2019, even though I probably shouldn't, even though I probably, <laughs> should wait until late spring or summer. Just my mentality is like, I didn't get to do it all of 2018. I need to hurry up and do it soon because you crave that. After you get in shape, after you go through this process, after you push your body, after you learn your barriers, you learn how to push through your barriers. It's just, it's just like fear in general. Tony Robbins, all the great motivators talk about fear in business. They talk about fear and personal development. You got to push through that shit. It's, yep. it's like a, it's, it's like a paper thin mist that is there, but it's not really there, but it's yep. a self-imposed barrier for some people. And until you break through that yourself, and I don't care whether it's a job, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a bodybuilding show, whether it's personal development relationship, what have, there's all kinds of different things that we're talking about here. You, I think bodybuilding serves is a great um, barrier breaker for people to get through that and to motivate themselves. And, and, and we provide the impetus by putting a, a program in place for them, teaching the intensity for them to get through this shit. And then the onus is on them. We just, we lead them then whether they have it in them or not to see through it 
and then want to do it again is kind of up to the individual that, you know, we choose that or chooses us to go through this shit because it's not easy. You know, so getting back to that, the guy we, we, we just spoke about, um, how I met him, he, he used to work out at the gym I used to train at. And, okay. you know, I, I saw him in there as a younger kid when he was in college. And, he you know, he had an impressive physique, but he always had pants on. And that immediately leads me to believe that if you always wear pants, nine times out of ten, you have shitty legs. So I saw him in there, <laughs> like, bullshitting through legs a few times. And I kind of just rolled my eyes at him and uh, moved on. I'm like, you know, that's another gym bro that you know cranks upper body and is scared to get on any weight and do any hard work well when i changed when i changed jobs and started working for john full-time i uh i changed gyms and he started coming there and you know one day he came up to me and he said hey man i just watched you hit a set of 130s on dumbbell incline press and you did like 15 with perfect form uh how did can you show me how to do that <laughs> and I was like, yeah, just shoot me. I was like, just find me on Instagram or here's my cell phone number. Either way, text me or shoot me a DM. When I finish my workout, we can chat. And he waited around for an hour and a half to talk to me. And he said, listen, I've been listening to a lot of my buddies and they all tell me how great my physique is. And I finally stood beside someone who made me look like a child. I, I want to go to the next level. And, you know, I think him being a former gymnast and always being coached helped him accept this coaching. You know, a lot of times guys with great physiques come to you and they kind of are kind of arrogant and they aren't used to when someone coaches them hard and kind of puts them in their place. And he welcomed it. And that's something that coachability is huge uh, when programming. You know, you, you have to figure out what that person responds to. Some as much as I love to be brutally honest, not everyone can take it. Um, they say they want it, but when you give it to them, they can't accept it. And when push comes to shove, right? And it's all about delivery. Yep. You know, if if you and I are having a real conversation, and I said, "Look, Greg, we're six weeks out, and you're have eight weeks out condition. It's time to fucking suffer." You'd say, "Yes, sir. Let's do it." What's the game plan? Some people would crumble and be like, "What do you mean?" And I'd be like, "Well, yeah, folds the skin on your on your glutes. Like it's time to tighten up." And they would just go off the rails. So coachability, learning how someone's personality responds best. Um, like me personally, I'll always respond to hard coaching and brutal honesty because that's how I was brought up playing football. Uh, and that's the coaches I responded best to. As I like to be challenged, I like to be pushed. And I, I think that plays into programming and why he's done so well with me. Like in, in three months, we've put on six pounds of lean tissue, which is nuts to think about. Um but that's because he's taken everything I've taught him and put it into practice. Um, right. You know, something you were speaking about before I got into talking about that was how can you push there without, you know, and, and to me, there's always has to be a consequence or a why behind everything. And one of my old training partners and I, we, we you know, if there were, if, if the goal was thir three sets of 30 on a leg press and the goal was to be like a piston and not stop. I'd look at him right in the eyes and I say, I swear to God, if I stop at 20, 25, 23, you load another fucking plate on there and make me, make me start the set over. And, and, and that's a way to create accountability. So when that set starts and it's hell and you have to bear down and grit your teeth, you have to remind yourself why you do this. 
And right. to me, it's to be bigger, to be better, and to see how far I can push myself personally. And that's my singular I think, goal. Yeah. I think some of it's the fucking grind, too. I think anybody that really, truly appreciates changing themselves and working out appreciates the grind after a while. You, you start to crave it. Right, yeah. I, I know at the end, you know, it's changing your body. You see the progress as you go along. You see the progress whether you're dieting and more muscle definition comes out or you get bigger over time and you gain lean body mass. But I think even in hard gainers, even the people aren't, even when people aren't going to gain it, you know, they're not going to be, they're not, some people are never going to be 200 pounds. <laughs> you know, some people come to you and they're 150 pounds soaking wet. And, um, you know, they're five, nothing, a buck, nothing. My coach used to say, and, uh, I, I think they can still learn how to grind as well is a 250 pound bodybuilder who has great genetics and responds better. I think teaching people, this is an acquired ability. I don't think people inherently have it unless you've done some kind of athletic sport endeavor, push yourself or had people, you know, in concert with you pushing yourself together for this thing. I think it's, it's acquired. I, I think after a while you learn it, you learn it as you go. It's just like in athletics, when you're training in double days in football, double days in the beginning of August is hard as fuck. It's <laughs> yeah. always been hard. You practice in the morning, you beat each other up, you get like a two hour break. You come back in the afternoon. It's hot. You know, you're running again, you're sweat, you're, you're starting to cramp because your body's not used to it. You're right. sore every day. You wake up sore as fuck. Um, but, but you, after that, after you've been through those two weeks of double days and you go through it the next year, you, you start to appreciate it and you're like, it's doubles, it sucks, but let's get through this guys. And then yeah. when you get through it and you're into September, guess what? You feel like you're fucking in shape. You don't feel like you're in shape. You're in, you're in shape because you've worked your ass off for a month. And a couple of those weeks were double days in hundred degree heat in every afternoon. And I'm just using the example of football, everything else, you know, you can tie in somehow to whatever the grind is. Uh, but, but people have to learn this. And we learn a lot of us learn this young in athletics and football players learn it every summer when we go in and, then after a while, you learn not to get the fuck out or to get into shape before you start doubles. Because if you're not in shape <laughs> and you go start doubles, it's fucking miserable. Right. So you know to run, you know to run in June and July before you get into August doubles. Because if you don't, you're going to be struggling for two weeks. So right. I and I and I think and I think a lot of people learn that over time, and we we've learned that young. So when you go into when you make the switch into bodybuilding. You've got that, you've got that base, you've got that, you know, that history, you've got the background and learning how to grind and then the intensity to do so. But people that have never done athletics, people that haven't been through that sort of process, I mean, we have to teach that to you. So the only way we know how to teach it to you is to push you through your barriers and push you beyond your limitations that you think you have that you can push through. Yeah. You so, know, what's really interesting is I have two thoughts on that of what you just said. So, you know, e each year preparing for two days, right? You, you think, you know, how bad it's going to suck because you've been through it and you've experienced it, but each time it hurts in a different way. Do you know what I'm saying? It like, does hurt. Yeah. It, it, and 
there's no way around it but through it. And the same way I view with contest prep, I almost forget sometimes like how hungry I'm going to get. I forget how oh, awful my joints are going to feel. Yeah. I forget how like hard it is to fall asleep at night. And then you get in it and you're like, oh, fuck, I remember this now. Like it, it's familiar territory. And yeah, that, does that have anything to do with the 2000 milligrams of caffeine you're doing a day? <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> right, that, right. Um, I'll probably get slapped on the hand for, but you know, I, I really feel like, you know, you get into it and you settle in and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm, I remember this. Like, it's awful. Like, but in the off season, I temporarily forget about it. Um, what I feel like I don't forget is pain tolerance. And and that's something uh, John taught me f- day one from working with him is in his programs, he used to write, you can train pain tolerance. And I truly believe that. And you do that by exposing yourself to hard shit. No different than, you know, when you went out there day one of football, you had four gasses to run and that was hell. By the end of two days, you're on an eight and it's for yeah. shorter time. And it's no different when you're training, you know, eventually. So do you do that with, is that, is that when you're talking about the RPE? The yeah. RPE? No, yeah. Um, yeah. C- correct. How you know, in RPE learning or really what I'll call that is learning how to redline. How can you go yeah. balls to the wall? Like, but at the same time, like what I'm really experiencing with people now and I'm really pushing on now is when you get to 13 RPE, or maximum level intensity, how perfect can I make my form look with a heavy load? That's yeah. what I'm focusing on with people now and me personally. And I really feel like that's what's making me personally and the clients I'm working with get to the next level is how hard and how deep can we go in that pain zone while making the first rep look like the 20th rep. And that is very, very rarely looked at is pain tolerance. Yeah. How much can I take? Like, you know, let's say you're doing a set of 30 on leg press. If 15 feels awful, 20 feels like you can't do three more at 25, you're blacked out and 27 to 28. You don't remember how many times can you replicate that within a workout? Uh, and, right. and at the end of the day, how many times can I replicate in a workout while being able to recover before it's time to train that muscle again? And I think and, about, I always think about Tom Platt's yeah, when yeah. when you mention that and those sets, because when he trains people and let and he's obviously known for his legs. For those of you that don't know, the Golden Eagle, Tom Platts is kind of a legend in bodybuilding. Huge seventies and eighties bodybuilder, um, and and he used to train with maximal intensity. And when he trains people and takes them through the same intensity that he used to take his own leg workouts um, in and through. He basically, when, when they start and get into that pain zone, he says, now we're just fucking getting started. Yep. <laughs> and, and he goes, and he goes, I need about six of these sets, just like yep. this. What I took you through every workout, you need yep. to go through about six of these. And so when the pain starts, that's when the set kind of just gets going for you. Yep. Yep. And, um, for those of you who don't know, RPE stands for rate of per- perceived exertion. There's a one to 10 scale on the RPE rate of perceived exertion scale. And so how we coach and how we do our programming is we set certain exercises saying you take this set out to an RPE of eight, which means you have a couple more left in the tank. 
if you take it to a 10, you really don't have any more in the tank. If you take it to a 12 or a 13, you didn't have any more in the tank except for maybe partials, but you keep going. It's burning and you're working through the burn and the lactate and the pain and you keep going like you alluded to, like you mentioned. And so it, it just gives you and it gives the uh, client and the trainee um, something to set for. And then you realize how hard you have to push yourself to get into that 10 or 12 or 13 on the RPE scale. Yeah, you know, that's one of the crazy things that most people experience the first time they ever train legs with me is typically I like to do a crazy leg curl exercise and that may take eight to 10 sets to get to my working set. Then I love to trash adductors. Uh, and then I like to go typically warm up with some like body weight walking lunges, super setted with whatever I'm going to do as my first movement, whether it's a hack squat, a leg press, um, an Emacs bar squat, whatever, or it could even be a leg extension is after we do all of that and we do a lot of the activation stuff that may be 35, 45 minutes into a workout. And I always got to say, okay, we're ready for our first work set. And it's always yeah. deer in the headlights. And it's like, holy shit, are you serious? My legs are toast right now. We haven't even worked yet. And I'm like, well, now we get to the hard stuff. Like now that my body is fully turned on and activated and all my joints are lubed up and I'm re we're ready to roll. Like now is where we're gonna, you know, put five plates on the hack squat or get twelve plates on a leg press and do a drop set. Um, yeah, th that's what is learned, and to me, that's what I call building workout capacity. And it's how many, how much can we endure in a given session in a certain time range? Like, I'm never gonna want to exceed two hours in a gym training. I just, at, at what point do you feel like it's just too much to even? You're just surviving at that point versus progressing. Right, but how many sets can we take to failure within a session over the course of a given session, week, month, training cycle, and then eventually a year um, or a prep. And that's something that can be built upon and trained on where the first session I might have a client that only can do that once or three times. Right. In a year, they may be able to do 10 of those or eight of those. We have six balls of the wall RP sets of 10 to 13 in a workout. I would argue that you could grow like a weed doing that. So that to me is another thing that I had jotted down here that we needed to talk about was, you know, you start a program with someone and then once they adapt, we have to modify. And I may have given them too much. I may have overshot what they could handle initially and I have to pull back. Or they've gotten better as the week's gone by, and I have to give them more. Um, and more may, yeah. may come in the form of more load, um, more intensity, more volume, more frequency. Yeah. But that's totally person to person. And if you take away anything from this today is that there's no blanket saying just because 10 sets work for me, and 15 sets work for you that someone might not need 20 or six or 30. Um, right. It's completely individual. And the only yep. way you learn that is by staying with the professional for more than a month. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And everybody is individual metabolisms or individual, how, how much food you can eat, how much protein you need, how much fat and carbs you can tolerate. 
everybody's metabolism is different. Everybody's musculature recovery systems are different. Nervous system recovery. You don't know this until you get into training with somebody and they do the check-in process with you. They give you their feedback, how they're sleeping, how they're recovering, how their joints feel, if they have tendonitis. There's so many different factors involved in programming and the intensity behind the programming in the training that it's just a process where you have to take somebody through it and it takes several months to, to figure out. And you know, people can evolve. Um, if, if I've had clients yeah. who, who people change, yeah. Metabolisms change people's training. Yeah. Habit, yeah. Tolerance changes. And, you know, if I have a kid who starts with me and he's struggling to get 20, you know, 2,200 calories down in a day, but then over the course of two years, we're now up to 4,000 calories, nine times out of 10, he's going to be able to recover better because he's getting more food in. Right. Um, you know, or you get someone who goes from a sedentary job to an active job that could damper their workout ability or that could enhance it depend upon the person. Um, you know, an age or an injury may also affect that uh, to a certain extent. You know, when we started together, you were younger than you are now. Um, you've been through less surgeries. How can that affect us? On the flip side of that, I'm younger than you and I feel like the older I get, the more volume I can take, which is crazy to say. But I'm sure at some point that's going to be giving me diminishing returns. And right. that that's where I love to get guys to be instinctual. But you can't teach that someone you can't teach that to someone who's new to this. Someone who's had years, I you know, anytime you tell me like, hey Chris, my shoulder was giving me hell today and I just decided to skip it and do hamstrings, like that's instinctual. That was intelligent. And I like praise you for that. You know, right. today, for example, I trained back this morning um, at 11 and I did roughly 30 sets of back and calves and wow. I, f I feel really good right now. And nine times out of 10 at six o'clock, I'm like, I'm probably going to go change, train chest and shoulders because I feel really good today. Um, on the flip side of that, not everyone could endure that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Uh, that's something Absolutely. to consider that, that I love to talk about is being instinctual. And once people learn their bodies, how can we do it? And the reason I want to do that is because, A, I feel good. If I train again, I get more calories in for the day, which is going to eventually bump my scale weight up. So I'm not going to do a double split every day. Um, but if I feel great, why not do it? Uh, that's just kind of my thought process. Yep. And, you know, I'm sure some people would strongly disagree and tell me all these sci scientific facts that, a reason why I'm wrong and why I should stay home and just rest and chill and watch TV and do, com you know, computer work with my clients. But yep. I love to, I love to train and, you know, I love to eat more food. So why not do that? If you're, if you're mentally and physically up for it, because to me, and I think I've spoke about this at detail in length before is the more workouts I can do in a year, if I'm able to eat more, the more I'm going to grow. And I know that personally through experience with clients and myself personally. So Again, that's not for everyone, uh, but if you learn to listen to your body like that, it pays off. Um, on the flip side of that, I, you know, years ago, I tried to find ways to make my hamstrings grow. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to train hamstrings in the AM, and I'm going to do quads in the AM, or in the PM, sorry. I found that was actually detrimental to my uh, leg growth, and it actually made them get smaller. So yeah. It's all about tinkering. It's all about learning the right levels of volume. Like when I go back tonight, I'll probably do two exercises for chest, two exercises for shoulders, and I'll do five minutes of hit uh, on a bike and then do some light ab work. So that might take me 40 minutes. 
but yeah. I'm not I'm not going to go in there and do 40 sessions of chest and shoulders like I did a harder session this morning. I'm just not going to do it. But that goes that stems back to being smart and instinctual. And once you get a client who can you know learn to auto regulate or foot down when he feels great, that's when you got to do it. So you can you know, yeah you, you put that in their programming. A hundred percent. And that comes down to a lot of things, man. You know, not everyone has a job like I do where it's a lot more laid back and chill and I can go and come as I please and I can, you know, take naps when I want to. And, you know, I have a wife who takes care of our kids really well. Like not everyone has that luxury. Um, yeah. And I may not forever. So to me, I want to take advantage of that while I can. So sure. Yeah. It's my thought process on absolutely and programming. And, you know, sometimes I love the clients who, look at me and say, Chris, I don't like this exercise. What else can we do? And my first question to them is, okay, why don't you like it? Show it to me. What does it look like? Video it. And then if that exercise doesn't fit them, I'll say, what exercise do you feel in, let's say, like use a lower lat, for example. What exercise do you feel right. in your lower lats the absolute most? And they'll say a, I don't know, a DY hammer strength throw. I'll say, then right. why the hell aren't you doing that? Like, just sub it out. I don't care. If you don't like a certain exercise, yeah. sub it out and do another one. But then, you know, but the person who's an overachiever will say, but, you know, that's in there because I'm not good at it. And I'm like, well, if you can't activate a muscle tissue with that exercise, it's pointless. So, you know, instinctual training, man, that's if you're once you get good at this, once you learn to adapt and progress and you begin to understand your body and biomechanics and how it works all the pieces kind of fall into place. And the only way you get that is in my opinion, is through experimentation, growth and maturity. <laughs> yeah. And people, and people don't know that. And, uh, you know, it, it takes decades to learn that by yourself. Um, yep. it's taken us decades. And so it, it, it helps to have a coach to take you through this process to learn your body and to learn yep. instinctually how, how hard you can push it, how you need to, you know, how you can scale up and make things more difficult and the process of doing so in a safe manner. Well, guys, thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Physical Culture Radio. Uh, For Chris Edmonds, I'm Greg Jones, and thanks for listening. We'll tune in next time. Bye.